It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Harry Winks right to the last. Deli Alli. Lanella. To Hugo Lloris. And he saved it. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs, a very uh, special extra Last Word on Spurs because, as per usual, everything around Tottenham Hotspur is a soap opera. So uh, um, it was literally 24 hours ago that we was recording the show uh, and then uh, all hell broke loose, L- literally just, it was just crazy off the scale, as you probably know. It feels like one of those uh, American cop series. I'm Richard Cracknell, by the way, in case you hadn't guessed. Yes, like an American cop show, it was like previously on Last Word on Spurs, we was all just talking about uh, the upcoming game against Southampton and, uh, you know, Mourinho and maybe the Cup and... And here we are 24 hours later and it has just gone absolutely berserk. So uh, we've got nearly everybody bar Ricky in the house here. So uh, just to let you know, um, first up is, uh, where should we go? Top right, I'm on Zoom. This is like, any of you older ones, it's like Celebrity Squares, this, where was, <laughs> you could all see, or the start of the Brady Bunch, there's one for the teenagers. Top right of my screen, uh, please welcome along this evening, the one, the only, Mr. Jamie Brown. Evening to you, Jamie. How are you doing? Good evening, Richard. Yeah, I hope all the listeners are doing well. Um, of course, you know, 24 hours ago, as you said, we were recording that podcast. We all thought that Jose Mourinho would be in charge for the cup final. We all thought we were preparing for that game against Southampton. And then, of course, you know, as you said, all hell broke loose. We announced that the, the European Super League. And then, of course, in the morning, um, Jose Mourinho sacked as manager. So, yeah, obviously, never a dull day supporting Spurs. They always make it, uh, or oh, as, as Lee calls it, the crazy train. So, um, yeah, a, a very crazy couple of hours at Spurs. 
Talking of which and crazy trains, uh, nice segue in there, Jamie. Well done. Next up, it is, of course, Mr. Lee McQueen. Evening to you, Lee. Crackers, gentlemen, listeners, hope everyone's well. I called it back on the Love Support Show. I told you it was an interim manager. I told you it was a crazy train. You lot think I'm mad. You lot think I'm crazy. Well, it is the crazy train. And the inevitable has happened. Uh, we've managed to get Jason McGovern back on the show tonight because... Jose is gone, and this show is really the last word on Jose. So great, great to be here, and I'm sure we'll get into it. Well, of course, where have I got to go next? It is, of course, to one of our own, Mr. Jason McGovern. Jason, happy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I think my words at the time were, I don't want this man anywhere near my football club. And uh, sadly, I think we've seen the events that have have taken over. I think you can see now why why I did have that view. I spoke to Chris Chris Cowley on Friday night and I said, it's actually quite sad how it's worked out because as much as I disliked him, I hoped that he'd at least be able to to, to prove me wrong, if you like, to, to get us playing a bit of decent football and to to bring that winning mentality. And, and so I don't take any pleasure in saying I was proved right, but the, the, the football for me... You was proved right. I was proved right. But the, the football, you know, everyone said that first day at West Ham, see, look, he's going to play attacking football. And then the following week, we beat Bournemouth. And, oh, it's wonderful football. Why are you all moaning? But, but for me, Liverpool and Manchester City, January 2020, was when I knew this is how it's going to be. And, and from that moment on, I've each and every week, the, the quality of football mostly has been poor. So... It's no surprise, but it's a big surprise that he went today, that's for sure. I thought we'd get to the end of the season and and the plug would pull then. But um, the irony is he's right on the verge of a cup final, the one thing we brought him in to do, and he's got sacked before he'll even play that cup final. So it's, uh, it is a crazy period for Spurs, that's for sure. There's all the bones we have to pick over this evening. Thank you, Mr McGovern. Next up, he just mentioned him, so I'll go there. You're all segueing into each other. I'm loving this. Uh, good evening to YouTube's finest, Mr. Chris Carlin. Evening, Chris. Good evening, Richard. It's funny. I, I look at all your faces on the screen. It's probably the happiest I've seen you all, all season, which is very, very strange. The day Jose goes. You know, I remember November 2019, Maurizio Pochettino walked out the door, having been sacked, and we were almost crying, all of us. And now everyone is so happy. But Jason's absolutely right. You know, six days until a cup final, Jose Mourinho is brought in to win Tottenham Trophy six days before. I'm very, very surprised by the uh, the sacking today, I must say. I thought it would be at the end of the season. I thought it would happen, um, but not today. Um, but, it, 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 you know, it's how we go forward now and hopefully win this cup on Sunday. You know, whoever's in charge, whatever happens, let's hope that we're just seeing this cup lifted because we need to end this season on some sort of positive, mm. the way that we have had this season so up and down. Can you imagine if they like made an Amazon documentary on like what goes on at a football club? How crazy would that be? <laughs> Who'd watch Didn't that? Think of that could you? <laughs> Next up, fresh from his uh, Oscar-winning uh, speech uh, from the Man United pod, but just caused unbelievable amounts of social media traffic and uh, one of the finest monologues you'll ever hear. Uh, please welcome along, Mr. John Wenham. Evening, John. Hello, Rich. Hello, listeners. Yeah, I'm absolutely delighted today. Um, you know, the reading the room now compared to, as Chris mentioned, November the 19th, we were in the Love Sports studio that night. 
I came in, as Chris said, Lily, everyone was, was in tears and now it's more tears of happiness. You know, I'm just delighted he's gone. I'm delighted the club have sort of listened, if you will, to some of the points I made on that earlier pod. And we've got rid of him before the cup final. In my opinion, we had no chance with him at the helm. We hadn't beaten anyone in the top six or even the top half since December. The form was spiralling. The players were not responding to him and he wasn't getting the best out of what he had. By making this change, we have given ourselves a chance and my mood is so far lifted ahead of Sunday. It's unbelievable. I'm really looking forward to the game now. And uh, let's, give him, let's give it a good go. You know, I think we've got a chance now. I really do. I think the club have acted wisely here. There was no point just immediately letting this season just pan out. You know, we've got to the final. Let's grab the initiative and take it. We've given ourselves a real chance now. And I'm confident we're going to do something Sunday. So I'm looking forward to discussing the pod tonight. And thank God he's gone. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. And lastly, it is the one and the only Mr. Anthony Costa. Evening to you, and how you doing? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Last night we were talking about Southampton game, and then we, I went to bed with a manager, woke up this morning, we got no manager. Um, <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It sounds like a world, blues but, song, wouldn't yeah, it? Woke you know up this I mean? morning, got no manager. But yeah, I mean, I, I got the, I got the, um, I got a call about half nine this morning. A mate of mine tweeted and I sort of phoned him and he said, yeah, he's gone, mate. And I was like, how, 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 how serious is this? Because obviously, you know, you read these rumours and lo and behold, an hour later, Sky Sports breaking news. So listen, it was, it was the writing was on the wall. Uh, we all know the football work hasn't been great of late. And um, mm. I just find it baffling six days before, before a final. But listen, I hope I'm proven wrong. I want, I want to see us lift that trophy at the end of the, end of the week. And Let's, let's, let's move on. We're, we're Tottenham. No one's bigger than the club. And we're all fans. And we want the fact to see our club do well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, listen, that's all we've got time for tonight after all them intros. Hope you enjoy. See you later. <laughs> oh, I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, listen, I just wanted to say a massive thank you once again to everybody that uh, put their points across and questions over for us to capture. I've been busily scribbling down all afternoon, loads and loads of points, and I shall try and give as many of you as a shout out as possible. But thank you. Last time I looked, there was like nearly 200 replies uh, plus uh, with people making great points. So I'll try and get through as many as possible. And I think first up uh, at uh, Medino 89, uh, I'll come to you, Jamie. He says, what triggered this decision now, which I suppose is probably where we need to start this evening? Yeah. Well, I mean, firstly, as John said, I think if you look at the form, it has been absolutely abysmal. And on a, a, a well, firstly, I mean, it was from the last 12 games, we picked up 11 points, which is the third lowest number in the whole Premier League. So um, I think we were going into that cup final with blind hope. Um, I think we stood no chance with Jose Mourinho. I know, um, obviously, it's been said with Jose Mourinho at the start of the season, maybe he's the one man you'd want in charge for the cup final. But if you look at the way that he's handled this team, the way um, everything's gone with this team in the last couple of performances or even the last couple of months, it's just been absolutely shocking. And I don't think he would have got anything out of that team. So I think it was necessarily necessary that we made the change now. Um, and as John said, again, I think um, it gives us the best chance and we go into that cup final now. And obviously with Ryan Mason in charge, uh, potentially, um, and that for me, as much uh, that does excite me because, you know, he's a guy who's one of our own. He's been at the club since he was eight years old. 
Um, of course, he's very well respected around the team, having having played with a lot of them. Um, obviously, played with Harry Kane. So I think that it's going to give the team a real lift. I think it gives the fans a real lift as well. So I, I, I do think it was the right decision. Obviously, I'm, I'm gutted that Jose Mourinho had to go. I, I really felt as though um, he would be the right man for Spurs. I hoped he would be the right man for Spurs, but ultimately... I've accepted it. Just didn't work. It wasn't. It wasn't the right fit. Um, and I, I'm glad we've made the decision now. As I said, I think it gives us the best chance in the cup final. So I'm now really looking forward to that cup final. I think we all knew we'd we'd, we'd gone through the motions in these games. None of us were getting excited for these games. Um, but now I think we are. Get, we are excited again for this cup final. So I think it was the right decision to to part ways with him now. Chaps, any amongst us that think that he should have maybe got till the end of the season and got that that cup final? I'll throw it open to the floor if any of you want to uh, chip in and think he should have maybe got at, at least the final in those last six games and then draw a breath, breath and see where we are from now. Well, I'll stick up for him a little bit. Um, I don't think we're any more likely to win without him than with him. Mm-hmm. I think Manchester City's Champions League semi-final on the Tuesday night makes a big difference to a cup final. Manchester City still have a terrific B-side for sure, but we won't be facing the, the full guns and the Kevin De Bruyne injury means that Foden probably won't play the final. He now has to play the, the Champions League semi-final. So, and, and their focus, as we've seen them lose to Chelsea and Leeds of late, I don't think they would be fully focused on that final. So I, I, I still think Mourinho had a good chance. And the other thing I would say, which is, which is also my annoyance at those players, if Mourinho couldn't get the best out of them for a cup final, he shouldn't need to. It's a cup final. You've been telling us for six years how you haven't won anything, how we're desperate for a trophy. So what does it matter if Mourinho's in charge? If you players cannot get off your asses to play a cup final with a bit of motivation, then that is nothing to do with Jose Mourinho. You do need you know, a leader, really though. You, you do need... I, I, I'm with Jason on that. Oh, no, come on, much. Jamie. I'm so with Jason on, on that. If you, can't, if you can't get yourself up for a, a North London derby, um, an FA, a, a League Cup final, you shouldn't be playing for this club. I, I, I don't or think any that. club. Yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily well, think it was. I, I don't necessarily think it's motivation. I think that if you if you've got a plan in place, especially against a side like Manchester City, you need to have uh, a definitive play, um, style of play, and that's what we completely lost. Of course, we had that up until this, uh, you know, the end of last year, um, where we had that style of football. But he's changed it, and he tried to change the way we were playing, and we lost that identity. So. Um, I think you need a plan in place. Of course, yes, the players should be able to get up for a cup final and they need to do that themselves, but they also need a plan in place. And that's why we've been just so abysmal because we don't have that leadership. We don't have that plan in place. We didn't have that plan in place anymore. So the players should take some responsibility, Jamie, because when you're looking at those last three results, you know, Newcastle, Manchester United, Everton, you know, some of those players should be thinking, we've got a cup final coming up. You know, I want to be I want to be in that starting 11 in that cup final. You know, surely that is why you, you're, you are a professional footballer for the glory to lift trophies. You know, we're starved of trophies, 13 long years. You know, Harry Kane, Hugo Lloris, all of those, you know, they played for Tottenham for years, not won anything. They've got to take accountability and be responsible for, for their actions on the pitch and want to be part of that cup final. And, you know, these last few weeks, I haven't seen that from a lot of the players, which is really, really worrying. I know Jose Mourinho's gone, and a lot of people are pleased about it, um, but, you know, you do need to look um, at the players and the manager. And it's, it's also say, Jamie, that we can say there's no plan in place, 
you cannot tell me Jose Mourinho does not have a plan in place for each game. We might not like it. I, I absolutely despise the plan. But he still has a plan in place. And it's up to those players to do what that plan is. I, I just, there I is just a plan I, in place. We might not like it, but there's still a plan in place. Yeah, but the plan, I mean, there was a good report in The Athletic oh, yeah. this afternoon yeah. whereby it said, you know, we spent so much time in training focusing on what the opposition had instead of what we had. We have got Sun, Kane and Bale. We should be scaring the shit out of people, not fucking sitting back defending because they've got good players too. We have got great players and it's up to the manager to get the best out of them. And manager's got different styles. You've got your Harry Redknapp type who puts his arm around them and says, come on, mate, give me 20 and do your best, you know. Then you've got tactical managers. But Mourinho, whatever it was, style that he's got, it wasn't getting through to the players. We saw that at the game at Arsenal, exactly. Zagreb. Newcastle, Everton, it wasn't working. It's why a change had to happen now. We've got to this cup final. It's a rare chance. There's only two domestic cups you can win in England. Let's give ourselves the best possible chance. Not with this loser that's losing to anybody decent he's playing since December. It's not good enough. And the club had to be brave and show some balls. And they've done that, actually, in getting him out and giving us a fighting chance. They've got Harry Kane's best mate in. If he can't motivate the players, then there is a bigger issue. But I Go hope on. he can. He's played with a lot of those guys before. They know him as a friend as well as a footballer. And he's obviously worked at the club for a long period of time. I'm hopeful that Ryan Mason can galvanise them. That even if we do lose, we go out there and give it our best, though. And we attack them. We play to our strengths. Our strengths are attacking people, not sitting back and waiting and bending over, you know, Bernardo well, and whoever else. Let's give them what we've got. We've got Sun, we've got Kane, we've got Bale. Get them out on the pitch. And that's what I'm most looking forward to, actually. If they don't... So, John, sorry, mate. If they don't bounce back, right? You know, everyone's talking about it's bounce back, yeah? So, we've got Wednesday against Southampton. We've got Sunday, the League Cup final. If we don't see a bounce back of the players that you've just mentioned, who are his mates and blah, 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 X, Y and Z, what, what's the problem then? Is it, would, would it have been, is it the manager, is it Mason's problem or is it the player's problem? It's not just one, guys, it's not just one, it's not just one problem. It's, it's a series of different things that always ends in a disaster. Now, I go back to the 2018-19 season, a famous season for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club because we, we got to the Champions League final. It was absolutely incredible to get to that final. We were about six minutes from being knocked out in the group stages. But to be fair, Lucas pops up and we get a draw and we get through. You know, we're, uh, we're a VAR decision away from getting uh, knocked out of the quarterfinals. But to be fair, it was the right call and we got through. We are literally about three seconds away from getting knocked out in a semi-final. But to be fair, we got through and we got ripped in, in uh, against a, a stupid damn ball situation in the final. Great, great times, great memories, absolutely fantastic. In the Premier League, we lost 13 games that season. 13 games in, in the Premier League. And, it, and, you know, this isn't an, a, a new problem. Pochettino got sacked the, the year after because we were abysmal against Brighton, abysmal against uh, Bayern Munich abysmal against Sheffield United. And that's the same set of players. Last um, uh, uh, game that we played before, sorry, before Everton, Newcastle game, we started not, uh, eight players that were Pochettino signings. That was the club. That's what they signed. Eight, uh, he started Jose. Jose's choice, but eight of them players were Pot under Pochettino. That, that has to be part of the problem. I'm not sticking up for Jose. I'm not saying that I wanted him to stay. I'm not saying that. But what I will say to you, and hindsight's a wonderful thing, going back to what Jamie said right at the beginning, if I gave you a two, uh, two or three managers' names to win you a cup final, all of you would pick Jose Mina, every single one of you, and all of you would listeners as well. They, he would be on your list. Now, hindsight's a wonderful thing. A wonderful thing. It definitely wouldn't be, with all due respect, Ryan Mason. 
Like it just wouldn't be. When it's so, not on so, anyone's it, list, is he? He's, no, of he, course he, it isn't. No, um, of it's course not. It, it hasn't been confirmed though, has it, that Ryan Mason will take charge? No, he, of isn't. he hasn't. But but, but I'm point... hearing different reports. Sorry, leader, he's not going to be taking charge of no, the it's just Whether I'm lying, I don't know. But but the point the point the point I'm making and and, and and the point around kind of you know where we we're going with that is that it's not just a Jose problem. It's not just a players problem. It's it's everything. And we saw the reaction of. Serge Aurier and uh, Hugo Lloris after the uh, after the match the other day. You know whether or not that was out of context. Picture speaks, speaks a thousand words, whatever it might be. We saw that out of context stuff. You know we've had some absolutely abysmal results, as John just pointed out this year. Absolutely awful. But in in 16, 15, 16 season, with I think we'd all agree as Tottenham fans, we were challenging for the title. We wasn't even top of the league once in that season. Not once did we hit the top. In the 16-17 season, I think we'd all agree we were challenging for the title. We lost it seven points behind Chelsea. I think we were top for a week during that period. Mm. This season, we were top for nearly five weeks. Yeah. I, yeah. It just So, it just again, I don't know. I suppose the point I'm trying to make is it's not just about Jose. I, I actually was right up and I backed him right up until the end. And actually on the WhatsApp group, I'll be transparent with all the listeners, on the WhatsApp group, what, two days ago, after the Everton game, I went... I think I'm done. I think I'm Jose out. Yeah, yeah, you was. And that that, yeah. that was the last yeah. that was the last time. And yeah. and I think you know I've been patient because it 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 was a gamble that hasn't that hasn't worked. M- maybe the timing is because he's on a cup win bonus. M- maybe part of his contract wouldn't wouldn't surprise you, would it? Believe me. Maybe he's gonna look come in, get me a cup, and and get me top four. And you know I'll pay you ten million, but it goes to twenty million if you win me a cup, or fifteen million if you win me a cup, and twenty million if you. If you get top four, so he saved himself five million quid by booting him before Sunday. And are are you me. saying that our esteemed chairman might do something a little bit against the spirit of football? I can't believe it, Mister McQueen. More on that I, later, I, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, and, and just <laughs> and just quickly as well, just quickly on that as well. And obviously, you've got more to cover off. But when you take into consideration the Yoki Koki that is the defence in and out, shake it all about. That was happening under Pochettino as well. This is going back three years. This isn't just about Jose Mourinho pieces. I worry, you know, I, I know who you want in Jamie and I, and I want him too. And I know, uh, and, and, and John, you want another guy and, you, and then they're brilliant managers that you guys won't come in. I'm sure we'll cover it off, but what are they coming into here? They're coming into mm. an utter mess. Mm. This is painful. This is what Potts talked about. Is somebody going to take that job and, and go, do you know what? You know, yeah. It's, who, who's going to back themselves to get themselves out of this mess when Jose Mourinho couldn't do it. But again, <laughs> Lee, later on, it might not be a mess they're coming into. It might be something completely different. But Chris, you wanted to make a point? Go on. Sorry, I jumped in there. I was going to say, whoever does come in next, you know, it's got to be the right manager. Because, you know, as I said before, you're bringing in a top coach in Pochettino. He couldn't get us over the line. You then bring in a serial winner in Jose Mourinho. And it didn't work there. You know, the next manager is not only going to do or having to do Pochettino's rebuild, but he's then got to sort out Jose Mourinho's mess or so-called mess that he's left as well. It's a huge job. It is really a huge job. And and I'm very unsure. I can't even give you a name of who I want to take over at Spurs next because I think it is just such a huge job, um, you know, to to do now. It would be very, very interesting. And, And of course, Crackers, like you said, you know, is he going to be backed by the board? You know, mm. all this talk of European Super Leagues, £350 million. Pounds, you know, is that money going to be spent 
on the pitch if it happens. I doubt it. Is it um, yeah, he needs to be fully backed. And well, there, there's, there's so many players that haven't been replaced. You know, you could yeah. you could argue Carl Walker has never been replaced with the quality uh, difference. I mean, Christian Eriksen, you know, he hasn't been been replaced. Moussa Dembele, you know, you could go on and on with players that have left the club. Jan Vertonghen's another one. You go on and on with these players that have left, and the quality difference has been a lot less when they've come in. And that that's the issue every single time. Jamie, coming to you at THFC Defoe, says who does take temporary charge? So, you know, at the moment, we've had like, a scant um, news report or a, a, a letter put out by the, uh, the, the club, uh, a statement, that's yeah. the word I was looking for, saying Ryan Mason's taking training today. Watch this space, basically, and, uh, you know, THFC doing their usual wall of silence. So um, for, for you, and I'll, I'll throw it round to, to everybody else, um, you know, I, let's be fair. Not many people have now got eyes on Wednesday night and the Southampton right. game and whoever's in the dugout. But Sunday, especially, and and for the final six games. So where would you where would you take us if you was chairman? On the on the interim appointment or long yes. term? Yeah, interim. Uh, for me, I do, I I do like really like Ryan Mason. I think that he'd be the right fit for Spurs. I think again, you know, he comes back. He's he's worked with a lot of these players. He's obviously worked around the club. He knows the club. He knows a lot of the players. Um, as John said, he's one of best mates of Harry Kane. He's been here since he was eight years old. So. Um, I think he's done a relatively uh, good job with the youth team as well. So for me, I think that would be a decent interim appointment. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously there's no ideal candidates. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, for me, that that would be my choice. I don't think anyone else t- in terms of interim would, would be uh, like a brilliant choice. The great thing with Zoom is you can gauge people's <laughs> responses to answers. So I'm going to go firstly to Anne and then to Chris but didn't seem to quite concur with you there, Jamie. And over to, to you, yeah, listen, Sunday, I, I, the final. No, listen, I respect Jay's opinion. Uh, obviously, we've all got our own. Um, do I think it's right? No, but that's my opinion completely. I think I think someone someone like a redneck to come in, just, just bounce back, arm around the shoulder. If you want to see Deli Ali playing, he's the best man for the job, I think. Because Jamie, Harry or Louise? To... And... What's that? Jamie, Harry, or Louise? When you say Redknapp, I mean, well, you know what I mean football's you know been so nuts the last twenty-four hours. Well, probably, it, 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 it might be, it'll be Jamie and Harry in the dugout. I don't know, but listen, <laughs> um, I don't really want. I, personally, for me, Ryan Mason ain't, ain't the right man or, or for interim. He's, it's just not not good enough for me. Not a um, to take us to take us over the line. Will he do a tactic masterclass against Pep? I very much doubt it. So, listen, what's the point in going to a league cup final on Sunday with? With one of your best mates in the dugout, it just doesn't just doesn't work for me. So for you, Chris, uh, with that, this interim appointment and uh, and Sunday especially, I'll throw it to John and Jason after as well. I, I, do you know what, Crackers? I will be very very surprised if Ryan Mason is managing Tottenham in that League Cup final. I think that Daniel Levy, knowing Daniel Levy, um, you know what he did with bringing Jose Mourinho in just hours after Poch left. I think he's already got someone set up. You know, whether it's a, an interim manager or whether it's a permanent manager, I think the club have made a decision already and they've probably got someone lined up. And I think the announcement is probably not that far away because the the official announcement from Spurs actually said Ryan Mason will take first team training today and a further update will follow in due course. 
doesn't say anything about him, you know, being manager until the end of the season or the cup final. I wouldn't be at all surprised if we uh, are doing another one of these podcasts very, very soon. Talking about <laughs> I was just about to say that. See you all again tomorrow night. I'm going to end up divorced at this rate. John, for, for you on, on, uh, on Sunday and the rest of the season. Yeah, and on the pod we did after the Man United game, it was Harry Redknapp that I put forward and, you know, he would have been the one I'd gone for. But it seems that Ryan Mason's impressed those at the club. I mean, he, he hasn't actually, he's not the under-18s manager. That's sort of a misconception people have. Matt Taylor, uh, the ex-Bolton and Portsmouth player, is the under-18s manager. Ryan Mason just sort of oversees the under-18s and did coach them in the UEFA Youth Champions League last year or the, or the year before. Um, but look, Ryan Mason's got a good team around him. There's some good people at Tottenham, some good coaches, Chris Powell. Another huge Tottenham fan, Ed Charlton, an England defender, will join him. Um, um, so, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm happy with Ryan Mason. I think the players will respond well to him. And in the short term, I think that's a good move. And look, let's give him a chance. If he does well in those six, seven games, who knows? We might be talking about something longer. So let, let's see. But let's not rule him out. Let's not, you know, let's try and boost him up as high as we can. He is one of our own and let's get behind him. Yeah, Jason, I think John makes a very good point there. We are where we are. So, like, you know, Ryan Mason may not be everybody's cup of tea, first choice, etc. But surely, surely we just, like, if it is him, we have to get behind him, don't we, for Sunday and just see where it takes us. Well, first of all, to say, you know, you, you wouldn't want Ryan to go up against Pep in a tactical battle. There's not too many managers you would want to go up against Pep in a tactical battle. I wouldn't want to see Harry Redknapp go up against Pep in a tactical battle. So as a one-off game, you know, I mean, Chris, Chris may well be right that, that an appointment may well be incoming that we, we're we surprised at in a, in a couple of days' time. But if it is Mason, if it was Redknapp, if it was even, you know, Glenn, I mean, how many times has Hoddle said he'll, he'll help out whatever? If it's anyone like that... I'd love that. It's, it's just a question of, look, it's a cup final. Um, I think against Manchester City's B team... And we just have to, I mean, as John said, if we play to our strengths, that's how we have to go. And I think Redknapp, I think Hoddle, I think Mason will all try and get us playing to our strengths. So they've probably all got as good a chance as each other of winning it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. But long term, no, I wouldn't want Ryan Racing to be manager next season, that's for sure. Um, and I'm not sure I'd want Glenn or Harry to be manager next season either. But for the sake of between now and the end of the season, you know, let's be fair, once once that cup final is out of the way Sunday, the rest of the games, they're not really going to make too much difference to us, are they? If we lost all six, no. if we won all six, we're not going to finish in the top four. We're not going to be relegated. So, and, and players will, will I'm, I'm pretty certain I said to Chris Friday, I think once that cup final is done, the players will be on the beach anyway. So I think you'll, you'll see that drop off in intensity over the next few games anyway, whoever's in charge. So... You know, whoever it is, I'm, I'm really not fussed on Sunday. You know, Joe Crackers, the, the interesting yes. thing is Jason even thought that Tottenham would win the Cup with Jose Mourinho in charge. I did. I did. But I, my, my whole thing was Manchester City's semi-final two days afterwards. That's a huge, mm. huge advantage for us. We is. have to take advantage of that. We really do. That's exactly uh, it, Jay. Sorry, go on, go to Lee, mate. Lee, Lee, Lee uh, I mean, people are saying Ryan Mason versus Pep. Uh, don't don't make me laugh. But we had Jose Mourinho up against somebody in prison and he lost. So surely anything is possible, isn't it, here? 
mate, nothing surprises you anymore, does it, in football? I mean, look, I think that, you know, it's not about Mason not being my cup of tea or, or, or not, not respecting the fella. I mean, he's, he's barely out of his coaching badge uh, um, pants. You know what I mean? He, he ain't even got his coaching badges. So, you know, I think that it's it's a good opportunity for him to be in and around the first team, to, to become a first team coach, wrap him up with uh, with Ledley King. I mean, how how is Ledley King not even being spoken about? He's been with the first team the whole t- the whole period of time. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? So, you know, to, to step in. You know, for, for me, the, the, the obvious candidate for me and I'm not sure this will happen, but the obvious candidate for me as an interim manager is Harry Redknapp. He comes in, you, you, you bring in Ryan Mason uh, into the first team, you bring, you keep Ledley King in there, both of which uh, he come through the academy under Harry, uh, Ryan did, and, uh, and, and Ledley played for Harry. Harry also brought Gareth Bale to the football club, um, you know, so he's got uh, he's got uh, form managing uh, actually Bale. It was Ramos. He was uh, he was uh, he was the uh, the manager of when when Bale exploded onto the scene against Inter Milan. So you know, it makes absolute sense to do that. I think when they left, they left on reasonable terms. I think I've I've heard Harry say in the past that. You know he's got respect for leaving that type of stuff. You're talking seven games. You want a new manager bounce, and you and and, and us Tottenham fans, you want people that are going to go out and play and have no shackles and be freedom and have that them brilliant words in your ear while going. Do you know what? We're going to have a go. We're going to have a go. That's Harry Redknapp. And you know we might go and get stuffed by Man City if we go and have a go at them. But that that might be the case. I think there's another candidate. Um, he's managing over in China at the moment. Um, and he's also done a fantastic job in the past as an interim manager. And I think he also could be a long-term appointment as well, which is very scary because I'm not saying I want him either. But Rafa Benitez, he, he, he could, you could easily see him walking into this, into this role. Um, and, and I hope, you know, I hope it doesn't happen. But, you know, you, you could see that happening as well. So, look, no offence to Ryan Mason. I, I think, that, you know, for, for me... It's way, way too early. And just because your mate's in the changing room, that, that's just utterly ridiculous. You know, if you, you want to go from the, 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 the uh, you know, the ridiculous to the utterly ridiculous, the, 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 there's that scenario. Uh, utter clowns. Uh, thank you, Lee. Yes, ex- exactly that. So, um, listen, uh, we'll go, we'll do another little round before we take a break. Uh, and just to really look at the players who are there uh, and not been playing uh, at N Lumber Free and many, many more of you. Thanks once again for sending those in. I'll, uh, I'll throw this over to you first, uh, Jamie. Uh, which players actually benefit from Jose uh, going? And yeah. at THFC underscore fan seven said, who doesn't benefit? So who's the winners and losers here in the current squad with Jose going and the whole dynamic changing. Well, I think before was... before you answer that, James, I wasn't calling you lot clowns, by the way. I wasn't saying that you're clowns for Ryan Mason. I was calling the club clowns, right? The decision makers of the country. I'm doing cool work, that... Lee. Don't worry about that. No, but I wasn't calling you lot clowns. I was, just, I was thinking it through, thinking, hang on, you lot think I'm calling you a clown. I'm not. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, anyway, yes. Uh, no, I've caught. No, look, I think the one thing with Jose Mourinho is he fell out with a lot of the players. Um, I mean, but, um, Gareth Bale was certainly one of them towards the end of his tenure to, to kind of see him just completely thrown to one side after one poor match against Arsenal. That was very frustrating. So Bale, obviously Deli Ali, Steven Bergvine, we haven't seen him for months. I completely even forgot he existed. 
Uh, Ryan Sessiong, of course, coming back from his loan spell and, and uh, next season, I think he's still a guy that I was desperate for Spurs to sign at the time. And I think he's a guy with huge potential. Of course, Jaffet Tanganga playing at centre-back. I mean, as much as I think he can do his job at right back, um, it's not ideal. And I think that he's actually a really good central, he'll make a really good central defender um, in the future. So I want to see him playing in his actual position. Toby Alderweireld, I mean, our best central defender, and he was kind of thrown out the team. Um, so he's obviously a guy that we brought back into the team. So, you know, there's now all of a sudden, there's lots of players that are going to be brought back into the fold now that I can get excited about. Delhi, Bale, Steven Bergwijn, um, Jeff Tanganga, maybe at centre-back. So um, I think there's potentially, there's a lot of players now that hopefully we might see come back into the team. And uh, I think they'll definitely benefit us. So yeah, definitely lots of winners for sure. John, I'll, I'll come to you. And uh, at uh, King, King Navan, uh, he said, what does this mean for Harry Kane? Because Harry did seem to actually be one of those only players that had a really good relationship with Mourinho, didn't he? Yeah, Harry's an utter professional. You know, his statement today really oozed class, I thought. Um, regardless of what else was going on, he made a point to come out and thank the manager for said he enjoyed working with him. But you get the impression Harry would deliver results for whoever he was working for. You know, Harry loves to play football, wants to reach that top level and, and just loves scoring goals. So, yeah, I think, I think Harry Kane, it was more of the same. He'll continue to deliver consistent, world-class performances week in, week out, as he's done for the last seven, eight years now. Um, he's, he's the best in the business up front and we'll see more of the same regardless who manages us. Excellent stuff. All right, listen, we're going to take a short break, so don't go anywhere. Just one or two things left to discuss uh, this evening. Uh, one or two other things happening around football and, uh, of course, who we might be looking at long term, etc. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back very, very soon. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey and we're back thank you so so much for uh tuning in just do, do you tune into podcasts i know you tune into radio so i'm telling my age and i tuning in don't touch that dial everybody thank you once again for uh for downloading and listening and streaming and uh everything you do with all the uh, messages that you give us on social media. We're at Last Word on Spurs on Twitter and on Facebook and on Insta and across all your favourite social media platforms. So uh, on iTunes as well, Spotify, uh, everywhere. You can download from everywhere. HMV Record Shop, apparently. You can go and buy us on, a, on, a, on an album now as well. Don't forget. <laughs> no, you can't. Anyway, listen, um, chaps, so long-term replacement now. The king is dead. Long live the king and all that. Um, and I suppose, really, we can't ignore it much longer uh, with the news that came out at around half 11, quarter to 12 last night. Of course, that, that, that sort of normal time that you book big press releases out at nearly midnight on a Sunday night. Uh, have that in your inbox tomorrow morning, UEFA and FIFA, and uh, see what you make of that. So um, 
the long-term replacement, I'll start with you, Lee. Um, do you think the long-term replacement now for Jose is whether this uh, European Super League is going to happen and it's going to be one manager and if it doesn't, it's somebody else? Where, where, do, where do you think we are with that? Well, I think in, in light of the breaking comments from, from Jurgen Klopp, I mean, I think he came out in 2019 and said he was completely opposed to some sort of European Super League and he's just reiterated that um, this uh, the, tonight uh, before, their, before their game. I think the European Super League is supposed to start as, as early as August 2021, um, is, is some of the reports that I, that I saw. Um, and he's come out and said that he'd be very happy. He, he wants to manage a, a team that's in the Champions League. Um, he, come, he wants to manage uh, teams that are in competition with each other. He's quite looking forward to seeing whether or not a, a West Ham, for example, can, can qualify for the Champions League. So he's really, really come out and said that this is the sort of stuff. So you're looking at Jurgen Klopp, who is a world-class manager of, the, of this generation, He's essentially saying that he doesn't want to manage a team that's in the, in the European Super League. That, that's basically what he's saying. And 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 obviously Liverpool have uh, are one of the founding members. So I do think it's completely fluid, and I do think it's going to come uh, um, decide on what actually happens in that wider picture, which I'm sure we'll get into the ESL. If we can just de- uh, uh, you know compartmentalize just mm-hmm. the, the manager side, you know, in terms of people, you know, there's lots of different people's names floating about. Um, you know, I think the, the favourites, some of the favourites at the moment, the real fashionable names, favourites. You've got your David Moyes, um, who's obviously nowhere near good enough for Tottenham uh, because he's only about to put West Ham in the Champions League. <laughs> You've got Sean Dyche, who is obviously nowhere near good enough for Tottenham because he's, you know, been managing Burnley in the top flight and getting a tune out of them on about 20p. Um, you've got Chris Wilder, who's obviously nowhere near good enough for Tottenham Hotspur uh, because obviously, you know, he's, 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 he hasn't got a foreign uh, uh, name uh, or, you know, some sexy name uh, that, that goes with that. Um, and uh, Eddie Howe, uh, obviously, you know, there's nowhere near good enough for Tottenham because ultimately he hasn't done anything with Bournemouth and gotten relegated. And look, I'm being a bit facetious, as you can clearly tell, but none, none of them names that I've, I've mentioned that would be anywhere near Tottenham's uh, uh, um, uh, list. And, 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 and you look at it and you go, that's what worries me, to be honest. Eddie Howe is free, he's, he's open, he ain't got a job, and he played all right to track tip football. Daniel Levy, have a look at him as an interim. I mean, exactly, John, exactly. There's a lot of nodding heads here. James as well, I'm thinking, but, but you, do you know what I mean? This is where the club could be going. I think long-term appointment for me, um, I've got my top three. Um, and, and there is a particular order for that. And I think Jamie's been banging the drum quite heavily for, for this man. Uh, uh, Julian, uh, Julian or Julian Nagelsmann. Um, I think that he would be, uh, I think it'd be a very, very good appointment for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I think Conte over at Inter would be a very good appointment for Tottenham Hotspur. About to win uh, uh, the Serie A. And obviously, ex-Chelsea manager. And again, same as AVB, same as Glenn Odell, same as obviously Mourinho. But good, good pedigree. Um, and those are Premier League and obviously Brendan Rodgers and I know some of the boys are loving a bit of Brendan Rodgers but I think the problem with that and I'm sure lads you, you're, you're, you're opening this up as well is what, why would they come that's, that's my issue is why would Brendan Rodgers he's in the FA Cup final so he, ain't cut, he definitely ain't coming as the inter, like now he ain't coming into the new, new season got an amazing tra- training go at ground they're in the FA Cup final um, they've got money to spend trusted good players in a harmony 
No, I'm not saying that Leicester are a bigger club than Tottenham. I'm not saying that. That's a different. That's a different. Uh, I suppose debate. But it's about attracting them into into this mess that we're in. You know, um, Bayern Munich are all, potentially all over Nagelsmann as well. That's very very difficult. Wondering whether Hans Flick goes anywhere and is that Germany job open? So that that's an issue there. Um, and Conte, would he come back? Why would he leave a cha- the champions, uh, the champions elect, if you like, of Inter? Um, I, 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 beyond that, crackers, I can't. Mm. I'm, I don't know. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm struggling to find out where we go from here. But I, I will say this, and you know, I had an amazing interview with uh, um, Adrian Dunn and Darren Goff years and years ago before Poch got appointed, and I went on Talksport and had a proper rant off. We must get Benitez. He's a winner. He's, he's won trophies. We must get him. And they, they appointed Poch. And I weren't happy. More for me. Because he's, he's obviously been one of our best managers in modern times. So and, and he didn't win anything. Classic Tottenham. But So I, I just think, for me, I'm struggling thereafter. I don't know, lads, what, what you think. Like, what other names are about or who we could put forward. There was Eric Ten Hag at Ajax. I know oh, yeah. a, lot, a, lot, yeah, a lot of people Eric have said him. But I mean, for me, I mean, we obviously had that fantastic year in the Champions League with them. But... Apart from that, I don't think he's done a particular lot else. I mean, he's not a guy that's kind of really gone and, and shown he's, you know, the real deal. I mean, I think they had a fantastic team in that in that Champions League run as well. I think it just coincided. They got a lot of players that came through their academy and they had a very good team at that time. So I'm not too convinced, but I know a lot of people are. Jamie, I'll, I'll stay with you and then I'll come round to the other chaps. At Est, uh, North uh, LDN uh, and KAC443, they've all made the point about with Jose being yet another failure under Enoch. And yeah. is, is there some validity in what people are saying that whoever comes in has got a glass ceiling that they've got to put up with and they can only go as far as they allow them? And does, if we join this ESL and it's not yeah. bluff and it's not everything, does that does that change and then, you know, take the handbrake off for, for bigger, better signings? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, one of the one of the reasons I think that I, I particularly want Julian Nagelsmann is because I think he kind of fits, he'd fit the way that the club is run. I think he's a guy who gets the best out of players. I think if you look at a lot of the players that he's got at RB Leipzig, he's really developed them very well. And that's something that's, that fits very well with Spurs. You know, that's that's what Spurs have kind of been built themselves on over the last couple of years. So I think that's, for me, why Nagelsmann, I think he's, he'd be the right fit. But there, there potentially is that ceiling. I was kind of always under the impression that when we moved into that new stadium, I know lots of people are going to think I'm absolutely ridiculous, but I, I thought as though maybe we'd start to change once we were in that new stadium. Of course, with all the, the extra money, the revenue that we'd be receiving from being in that new stadium, I thought we might change a bit. But... We haven't really been able to see that, of course, with the pandemic and no fans being in. It's completely killed that. So I felt as though we were going to change. Um, I think that's a big reason as why Mourinho hasn't hasn't been able to succeed because I think the club is that they weren't able to go and back him because there just wasn't that that they'd lost so much money. So they weren't able to go and get in the players that he wanted. They weren't able to go and build his squad. So um, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But for me, that's why Julian Nagelsmann or someone like that would be the kind of the right fit for Spurs. A guy who can get the best out of what um, what he's been given at what he's given at Spurs. Chaps, I'll throw it open to the to the floor. Has anybody got anybody else uh, other than sort of the, the bookies' favourites and our favourites here? Is there anybody from left field that you feel could come in? Uh, feel free to jump in with some more names and put up a, a valid reason for them, any of you guys? 
if we weren't going into this, I mean, we're going to come on to it, this uh, this Super League that everyone's talking about. Would 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 Nagelsmann come to Spurs? Is is it is it an attractive enough, big enough job for him, or is it too much of a job for him? Where he'll look at the history of diff- different managers that have come and gone and gone. No, nah, no, nah, I can't be dealing with that. I'll just stick to what I know. I wonder yeah. whether I wonder whether the Super League puts him off because, of course, RB Leipzig have have turned down that as well, and lots of the German clubs have turned down being involved in that. So I wonder whether he wouldn't be up for for getting involved with that competition. That's the one thing that kind of worries me with with us. I mean, of course, you know, I'm talking like Nagelsmann will definitely come to Spurs. Of course, we've got massive competition from Bayern. And then, of course, um, there's the huge fee that it would take to get him out of um, Leipzig. So um, I, I think that potentially actually be a bit of a factor in stopping him from coming that, being involved in this uh, Super League. Christian, uh, John, there's also a moral issue, isn't there? Because, you know, the Germans are brought up on a different type of football with the fan ownership and Klopp's uh, comments this evening. So you may wonder if Nagelsmann may well even turn around and go, well, no, because you're in this European Super League and I'm sort of morally opposed to it. And if he wasn't, I may I may well come. So there, there may be some validity in that, but he may have some morals which doesn't allow him to actually come and, and manage a club in, in that competition yeah we'll have to see on that one you know we, we don't know the full ins and outs of the competition yet whether it's going to happen whether you know the full formalities of it so I think for now maybe it's a bit premature to talk about his moral grounds on that because he doesn't know and and we don't know for definite what's exactly happening um he wouldn't be my number one choice is you know mine is as was always Brendan Rodgers. It was when Pochettino was sat, um, and, and it still is today. I just think he's continued to do outstanding work at Leicester. Um, people say to me, and I've mentioned this before, you know, why would he come to Tottenham? Well, very simply, we're a bigger club than Leicester and always have been. We've got, we're based in London. A lot of people want to work in London and be at a big club. He was at Liverpool before. He's now been at Leicester and Celtic. It's time for him to jump up again. Tottenham is on an upward trajectory and also more money. Look, we've, we've in the top 10 richest clubs, in world football, we've got the money. You only need to get him in a room looking over that wonderful stadium with a good lawyer and say, look, what do you want? And which one player do you want Tottenham Hotspur to take from Leicester with you? We've got the power to do that. We need to start acting like a big club. This myth that we don't spend money in it, it's all rubbish. 65 million was spent on Endombele, 45 million on Lacelso, 27 million on Bergwine, 30 million on Sessegnon, 30 or 40 million on Davidson Sanchez. Huge sums of money have been spent. They've been spent wrong, but they've been spent. So the money is there and it's a myth that Enix, you know, don't release money to managers or Mourinho gets some pass because we didn't back him. Mourinho went out and signed and it was his choice. No one put a gun to his head. Carlos Vinicius, Jetson Fernandez, Joe Hart, Matt Doherty. You know, they're not good enough, these players, because yeah. his mate Mendez was recommending them and getting a commission in a brown paper bag. Not good enough. And that's why he had to go. Right, so there's no point saying, "Oh, he, he gets an escape because we didn't get Skriniar." Skriniar's never kicked the ball in this country. There's no guarantee of success because you've got good stats on video games. You're going to do it over here. You know, it's a complete yeah. myth that Skriniar's the answer to everything. He's never kicked a ball in this country. There is no guarantee of success. Clubs have bought big centre backs for huge sums of money before, and they haven't worked out. Look at Manchester City spending huge sums on Enigmil Mangala, 42 million quid from Valencia, released him for free. Some work out like Laporte and Diaz. Plenty of others do not work out. So it's always a risk. And this assumption that Mourinho gets a free pass because we didn't get Skriniar is, is rubbish for me. Chris, uh, coming to you, sounds like a director of football would work very well at Spurs at the moment. It would take some decisions out of Daniel Levy's hands, who uh, 
doesn't seem to be getting too many of the football ones right. So a director of football coming in with a, with a manager and who would you like to see managing? Well, do you know what? I agree with John. I think if, if you're going to um, pin me down to a name, I think Brendan Rodgers, you know, he's proven Premier League. I like proven Premier League. You know, he, he knows the Premier League. He knows the players. And, uh, you know, I agree with John. You know, once anyone goes to that stadium, you know, they're going to be they're going to be sold. You know, they're going to be sold, especially when you've got players like Harry Kane. But the thing that does really worry me as a Spurs fan right now, I want to know what the plan is. I want to know what our direction as a football club is. Because, you know, I'm sorry to harp on about Pochettino again. Pochettino brought us to where we are now. He brought us to, you know, there wouldn't even be talk of Tottenham Hotspur being in this European Super League if it wasn't for Poch taking us to a Champions League final, finishing in the top four constantly. You know, Jose Mourinho come in, you know, Fair enough. The, the board have put their hands up and they've sacked him today and they've said, OK, it hasn't worked. But I just want to know what the direction is, what the plan is. I want the board and I want Tottenham Hotspur Football Club to come out and tell all of us fans exactly what the plan is. You know, is this another project? Because you've got to think as well, whoever's coming in, it's all right, all of us sitting here saying, oh, we want him, we want him, we want him. You know, why would Brendan Rodgers leave Leicester? You know, they could win the FA Cup this year. They've won the Premier League already, Leicester City. It's all well and good us lot saying, oh, Tottenham Hotspur, we're the eighth richest uh, you know, club in the world. We're a much bigger club. We're a much better club. Well, look at the trophies. You know, we're Tottenham Hotspur fans. We, we support our club and we defend our club, you know, to the hills, uh, you know, and back. But at the end of the day, we're trophyless in, in 13 years. So it's about getting us over that line. But it'd be interesting, the manager that does come in, will they be happy with Tottenham Hotspur going into the European Super League? You know, the big question that we haven't asked ourselves is, do you think Jose Mourinho was happy with the decision that Tottenham put out this announcement last night? Because Spurs haven't consulted the fans. You know, did they consult the players? Did they consult the manager? Did Jose Mourinho find out about it only a couple of days ago? Did he find out about it yesterday? You know, it would have been very interesting. Jose Mourinho's press conference against Southampton would have been tomorrow. And you know, the first question the journalist would have asked are you happy with Tottenham in this European Super League? Perhaps Jose would have come out and said, no, no, I'm not happy about it at all. I, I, can't, I can't stand it. And very interesting point that Lee's pointed out about Jurgen Klopp. You know, are these managers going to be happy with it? Are these players going to be happy with it? You know, me as a fan, you know, I'm used to going, you know, travelling all over to see Spurs. Do you think I'm going to be travelling over, you know, every other week, every other Wednesday, you know, around Europe? It's crazy. They, they haven't consulted anybody and they haven't thought about any of this from a fan's point of view, it is all about the money and it's, it's, it's disgusting, really. I think as well, you know, when you, um, when you look at it, we're all saying about, you know, wanting to bring top-class players. We get to see what those, those FAs do with the players that are involved in the Super League because whether we like it or not, Harry Kane is proud to be captain of his country. Brazilians are born to play for their national side. There are a number of players like that. Spaniards want to play for Spain. Germans take great pride in playing for their country. And if those players are deprived European Championships and World Cups and international caps because they're playing in the Super League, they may well not fancy it themselves, despite the, the riches that are thrown at you. They'll think, hold on a minute. No, I, I, I don't want to do that. I want to play competitive football for my country. That's the pinnacle of the game. Whether we like it or not, that's how players look at it. They want to win. Hugo Lloris will be immensely proud having won a World Cup. You, you see a number of players... Players like Pogba's and that, that play a lot better for their countries than they do for their clubs. And, and as I say, Brazilians, Argentinians and that, 
they, they play club football to be able to play for their country. So you could find a lot of those players. Gareth Bell. Had, look at Gareth Bell's commitment to Wales as opposed to what it's been to, to his club football. So, OK, Gareth's at a certain age in his career where he probably thinks not, you know, he won't have another international tournament. But it would be interesting to see Gareth Bell two years ago want to play for Real Madrid in a Super League or say, I'll tell you what, I want to play for Wales in the European Championships and I want to play for Wales in a World Cup. So we have no idea what the impact on players will be. Just because we're in a Super League, some of those players may not fancy being in it. Did they, as I've sorry. I was going to say, sorry, Craig, because I think that's a brilliant point. But but actually, you know, two, two points off the back of that one, which is one, then does that help the, the, the other clubs that aren't in it? Because all of a sudden you've got a load of players that are going, well, I ain't playing in that. So they want to leave their, their contracts. And then all of a sudden Harry Kane turns up at, you know, West Ham, uh, you know, or uh, Kylian Mbappe turns up at, um, you know, Luton Town. <laughs> or something. Do you know what I mean? The point being is that actually, does it help, does it help in that way? I think the other thing as well, the other comparison, which is a, a loose comparison to be fair, because nothing really has happened like this before. But when you look at the when you look at cricket and the IPL and when, and when that when that first launched, and it's absolute world stardom. I mean, there's so much money in that game in the 2020 IPL. Um, all of the big, big, massive star players playing it everywhere. There was controversy when it first started. Now, is England going to rip up the central contract if you play in the IPL and so on and so forth? And in the end, that what they've had to do is they've had to come to a compromise. You know, all the major uh, um, or most of the England major players like Ben Stokes, for example, they get uh, auctioned out in the IPL, but they still play for England. And, and I think that's almost a negotiation point. Be interested, you know, to, to see when the dust settles. Do you know what, Lee? How that this kind of work. You this know what actually mean? nearly harks back, and Jason will remember this, to Kerry Packer's... Um, tours in South Africa, which was obviously against the backdrop of apartheid and much bigger, well, political issues and moral issues. But the sanctions that are being bandied about for anybody that goes into this ESL is along the lines of what cricketers were told if they went and played for Kerry Packers team, wasn't they, Jason? Yeah, and, and a lot of them did lose international status mm. for quite some time. So, yeah. um, or on rebel tours and things like that, where... Yeah where Graham Gooch's and Mike Gatton's and that were stripped of international cricket and that. So we, we just, I, mean, as I think it was John said earlier, we need to see more detail. We need to know what the, what the Premier Leagues and that are, are doing. But, I mean, Jamie Brown will be happy. There'll be transfers galore. There'll be about 25 transfers a day. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Brown can't wait for it to happen. I think with Harry Kane, I think he might make a stand. I think he wants to captain his country. He's proud to captain his country. He wants to win tournaments. He wants to get golden boots. He wants to break them records of Gary Lineker's and your Michael Owens and your Wayne Rooney. So I think he might make a stand. I really, really do. I think there's got to be a compromise where if you are playing for this Super League, you have to play or you have the option to play for your club. There's no, there's no ifs or buts about it. Because I'm not turning on the World Cup to watch the World Cup to watch, no disrespect, average players playing for their country. I want to see the best of the best. You know, I want to see the Neymars of this world, the Mbappes, the, the, the Canes, the Ronaldos and the Messis. I want to see that. That's why I, I love the World Cup, because it's the best of the best. Mark Very Nolan nice. might finally get his cap. <laughs> Mark <laughs> Nolan, yeah. <laughs> what Noble. Uh, noble, sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so forgettable, I forgot his name. <laughs> Can I just say, I'm quite traditional in the fact that if Tottenham are in a competition, I want to see Tottenham really go for it and try and win the competition. Now, realistically, Tottenham go into this 
European Super League. Are we ever going to win the European Super League? Are we ever going to be able to compete with all of those teams who spend big when we don't? And even, even every single team getting 350 million, we know as Tottenham fans that nowhere near that amount of money is going to be spent on the pitch. So we are there, we are going to be there just to make the numbers up. And I don't want to watch Spurs just to make the numbers up. I want to see Spurs actually compete and really go for the competition. But I don't think that that will be the case, sadly. Well, the, ca the caveat to that, Chris, may well be, as they say, is that once you're in that Super League, there may be Mr... Mr. Big from who lives on his yacht in the, not in the Bahamas, who, who buys oil paintings, but lives on his yacht somewhere else, comes along and says, right, now I'm ready to buy Tottenham. And, and you do get new owners. But but you're right. Under the Enoch way, you think we'll we'll just make up the, the bottom half of the league. Yeah, do you know what? For my own two penneth worth, I actually want the jeopardy of relegation as well. I think it's what makes sport. I think it's exactly, it's the essence of football. It's that, you know, if you have a bad season, you could get relegated as much as you could get promoted. And with no relegation involved in it either, it's just, just not a game. But look, it's the elephant in the room. We've avoided it. We've spoke about Mourinho. We've spoke about how it kind of links in. I don't know if Mourinho going today was intrinsically linked to it. I don't know if they overlap on the Venn diagram, um, but we are where we are. So look, um, we need to finish up with this uh, European Soccer League. Uh, John, I'll come to you first. Uh, you're, you're, our, you're our resident legal eagle on this. Uh, how, do you, how do you see this game? Because at the moment, it could just be brinksmanship, couldn't it? Uh, and it all just uh, all falls flat. So, uh, so your your thoughts on it from a from a sort of a legal perspective, and then as an emotional Tottenham football fan. Yeah, I certainly think at the moment all options are on the table. The club signing statement of intent is obviously a far greater step than anything we've seen before. The news started leaking around midday yesterday, and by uh, you know, you had Gary Neville on Sky slamming it and you had a lot of other big commentators online uh, giving their opinions and views. And we then saw the announcements at about 17 minutes past 11 last night. Um, so, look, the clubs are certainly talking about this and have been for a significant period of time. I put a tweet out today mentioning some of the big events that maybe were leading to this. You know, the Amazon documentary, the uh, Daniel Levy going over to Nasdaq, Gareth Bale up in Times Square. We've seen a lot of things that have been building brand Tottenham Hotspur, the stadium. Um, Jose Mourinho, Gareth Bale coming back, building the brand of the club and, you know, getting us to the point where we're in a negotiable position to go in with the big boys. And, and Tottenham obviously taking that chance. And I think this is more further forward now than it ever has been before. I think that clubs obviously feel strong enough to go to those domestic leagues and say, look, we're doing this. What are you going to do about it? Um, and it's now for the Premier League to come back strongly and, and take legal advice on it and, and sort out their position and what you know, can a compromise be reached? Are the clubs just bluffing or are they serious? And, it, and I think we'll, this will transpire over the coming weeks and months. It all evolved very quickly yesterday. But I think that was obviously because of the leaked information that a statement was coming and it was supposed to be at half past nine. And on the back of the negative fan reaction and the commentary on Sky, maybe clubs amended what they were going to say or give as many details as they were going to do. Um, so look, I think time will only tell and it's going to be a watch this space for the coming weeks and months. My personal position on it in the moment is I'm unsure. I'm not one of these people that's saying oh, I'm definitely against it or I'm definitely for it. I don't know enough about it. I need to sit down and really look into it um, 
and I make my own mind up on it. And, you know, I, I think in time we'll hear more details and, and how it's going to play out. But, you know, if there was a way where Spurs could maybe play in it instead of a Champions League, but then still play in their domestic league, still play for domestic trophies, then, yeah, maybe that is something I would be for. But, you know, pulling us out of everything, that doesn't sound great. So let's wait and see on that. Let's wait till we hear a bit more. Jason, I'll come to you because there's talk of all this being aimed at a market over in the Far East and you're a man that's lived there and, and, and knows over there. And uh, so if this does happen, the potential for, you know, for, for, for what it could become, given the markets that they seem to be chasing in both America and, and there as well over Thailand and China and India and, and, and those, sort of, those, those markets. Yeah, without, without a doubt. I think the um, those markets are only interested in, and I'm not even sure they're interested in Tottenham. They're mainly interested in Manchester United and, and Liverpool. And, and to a degree, Chelsea come into that. Uh, and beyond those three, they want to see Real Madrid, they want to see Barcelona, they want to see the top players. Um, and, and a lot of fans, a lot of Asian fans, and we'll find that when Sonny leaves Tottenham, those Korean fans won't stay Tottenham fans. They'll go mm. and support whoever Sonny plays for. And you see a lot of Asians support a player so that when Neymar leaves to go to Paris, they go and support Paris. They're not staying with the club. So that happens. But I mean, as John says, it will be interesting to see how many of those players end up having to play in the Super League. And that's the thing. I mean, if we, um, my worry is it with, with the Super League is how many dead games will there be? And, and, and even if it is AC Milan against Chelsea, if it happens to be, 8th v 12th in the Super League, how much interest actually is there in that game? Bearing in mind, mm. what happens if we get in the top four? Well, we're still in the Super League next year. Yeah, but is, what do we do with that? Well, we're just in the Super League next year. So it doesn't really matter who gets. So there you could be a lot of dead games. And I don't, we need to see how it plays out. We really do. In principle, I'm dead against the idea, completely against the idea, because I, I want football to be as competitive as possible. And as I like the jeopardy of relegation. I want to be pushing Champions League places or Europa League places or look at look how good the playoffs have been for the for the championship and things so that there aren't dead games. So I think that's important for the sport. But no, I'm, um, I'm absolutely with you. If there's nothing at stake, there's no edge to a game and it's games with edge that give you your entertainment, isn't it? It's yeah, the essence and, of it. And exactly. And, I, I, you know, I, I, I take John's point. I want to go and see Barcelona Real Madrid, but I, I want to go and see... Marseille, I want to go and see Monaco, I want to see Endelect, I want to see Borussia Dortmund. I don't just want to see Barcelona for the next 20 years so that Barcelona just becomes an ordinary fixture. You might um, be seeing Dynamo Donuts if we win the Carabao Cup next year. Making <laughs> well, your trousers. Donut, as long as it's a jam donut, I don't mind. <laughs> it's, um, it's difficult to know. We need to see more detail about it. In principle, I'm against the idea. Um, but we know that probably Tottenham, from a selfish point of view, need to be within it. But it's, it's, there's so much sketchiness. We don't know the impacts that the FAs, that the Premier Leagues and things will do. And, you know, if, if we were to be thrown out of English competition completely, out of the FA Cup, out of the Carling Cup, not allowed to play in the Premier League, if you come back, you start in Division 5 just to watch Barcelona Real Madrid once a season, then, you know, am I really that bothered about that either? Jamie, I'll come to you in the thought of uh, Tottenham v Aldershot on Saturday, then Tottenham v Barcelona 
on a Wednesday and uh, with you and us legacy fans uh, yeah. being inv involved in that. Uh, how are you feeling about this, uh, this spanking new all yeah. shining, all singing, dancing league? Um, well, obviously, as the guys have said, we don't know obviously all the details about it yet. So it's, it's very difficult to understand kind of what, how the, the actual concept of it, but I kind of look at it and I think I, I, I don't I don't blame the club for kind of getting involved. I mean, if you don't get involved, then you're completely left behind. You can't miss out on the, that sort of money. So you understand why the club have, have kind of taken that risk to go go along with it. I'll just go back a fraction. One of my favourite fixtures this season was Marine. Correct. Yes. Circumstances yeah. around Marine, the, the brilliant cup tie that was. Uh, and I know people say, oh, you, you soppy old git. But it was a fantastic story, wasn't it? Tottenham Hotspur versus Marine. And, and the thought of, of all those types of things disappearing completely. And it's, oh, it's Tottenham v Barcelona again. And it's Tottenham v Real Madrid. And we're still going to play Chelsea. And we're still going to get beat at Anfield. It's, there's, you know, there's, there's nothing new in it for me. But it wasn't just fairy tale for Marine, Jason. That gave them 10 years worth of income, didn't it? I mean, he's propped them up for, for, absolute, for years and years to come. It just... It just doesn't got, seem, seem got right fantastic to me. publicity out of that. You know, Tottenham got a lot of credit from that from that cup tie. The way we handled it, the professionalism we showed. You know, there was a there was a lot of good for Tottenham Hotspur. It wasn't just all about Marine. Tottenham, for one of the few times this season, got a lot of good publicity that week. So, you know, those are the types of fixtures. I'm not saying we'll get Marine every year, but it, it's great to play. You know, it's great going to Rochdale when they had to lay a new pitch. And I, I still want to see those games just as much as I want to see Barcelona, you know, every season. Uh, and coming to you and uh, Jason saying he wants to see us play Rochdale, if this all goes Darren Bent in five years' time and it all collapses in on itself and uh, we come back to uh, the, the British league system with our towel between our legs, that's very much who we could be playing. I mean, it seems to be they're playing fast and loose with 138 years of history here, doesn't it? And is it their right? Is it, a, you know, the current custodian's right to take us down that road with absolutely no consultation whatsoever? Yeah, it's quite frightening when you put it like that, didn't you? Saturday That's at the all, reality of it. Wednesday at Barca. Um, Again, I'm, I'm, I'm with John on this. I, 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 I haven't read too much into it to get the pros and cons. I'll be honest with you. I completely understand and get what Jace is saying. Um, the, the magic of the FA Cup, the magic of the League Cup, the away days, etc., etc. I completely, completely get that. But as a fan, if we weren't in it, we'll be, would we do, be doing a podcast about why well, we're not in it and everyone else is above us, etc.? So it's just one of them... Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, I said I need to, I need to really look into what it's all about properly and get the pros and cons. That's that's me talking as 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 a fan. Um, I've seen a lot of tweets today saying that's it. I'm stopped supporting Spurs, etc., etc. Personally, I'm never going to stop supporting my club, and I'm sure you lads won't either. So, regardless of what's going to happen, we'll always be Spurs fans in my eyes. Do you know, Ant makes an interesting point there, Chris. Uh, you know, it's we we all go balls in on our on our club, and we've got such an emotional attachment to them. Um, you know, can can you walk away? I mean, uh, at a underscore guard five, he says, at what point 
do you walk away from Spurs? And I think it's a it's a great question. Is there a breaking point with with what they do and where they take Spurs? Where you go, oh, you know what? I I I can't do this anymore. That that's me done. Well, it's funny. Anthony and I had this conversation this morning on the phone about you know. Anthony said, "Will you still go to the games?" And I and I laughed. I said, "Of course I will," because that's just the sort of person I am. But you know, there are a lot of people that I've spoke to in the last 24 hours and, and they're, they're pretty disgusted um, about the lack of regard of, you know, the, the club's history, you know, just to just, just to chuck away the Premier League or the, the chance to chuck away the Premier League, the, the FA Cup and the League Cup. Now, I'm fully with Jason here. You know, games like Marine, I absolutely love, um, you know, very traditional in, in, in that manner of going to the, the smaller grounds and seeing the club play. And, you know, I absolutely love that part. Um I just think that when you have European football, you should be there because you've earned the European football. Um, you know, I love that race of top four and, you know, going to Europa League or whatever. That, that race is, is what football is all about. You know, and, and like Jason said as well about the relegation, you know, you have to have that. And I just feel that if you do go into this European Super League and it's ninth v 10th or even fourth v 9th, you know, where's the excitement? Where's the excitement level? How are you going to make that exciting year in, year out? I just can't see the excitement um, for me. And I don't know. I'm, I'm really, really dead against it. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty disgusted with it because I think that the fans should have been asked what their opinion is. And Jason rightly pointed out as well, you know, about the, the whole Marine game. If you ask most Spurs fans right now, do you want the chance to play in the FA Cup? every year or do you want the chance to, to play the same European games um, year in, year out in this, uh, you know, European Super League because you're there anyway, because you're there because you are being paid to be there, not because you earn the right to be there, because you're being paid to be there. It's a completely different ballgame. Yeah, absolutely. Lee, coming to you and um, I'll, I'll put it to you that we do go into this ESL um and we we've slung out of, of everything here it's, it, as as it sit with you because to me I think it's just too big a price to pay. But it doesn't look like that we're the fans that these twelve clubs are actually after anymore, does it? I mean we're being referred to as legacy fans already, and they're, they're chasing they're chasing different markets, aren't they? Very much so, and I think that you know if and it's a massive if, like massive, huge capital letters, IF, that we, that any ESL club get thrown out of all of their domestic competitions, then I think it's an absolutely no way. Like you can't, you can't do it. Um, it's changing football completely as we know it. What I would say is a flip coin to that is that if Tottenham were one of the 14 clubs in the Premier League that weren't invited in, how would we be reacting? not being sat at the top table. How would we be reacting? We'd be sitting here going, eighth richest club in the world, biggest stadium, best stadium, we've not even been involved. So I think that, the, you know, you have to look at it from a bit of balance. What I think is going to happen is that this is a negotiation. I think this is this is the top, top clubs in Europe showing their power. We've just seen Marino get sacked today um, on the basis of player power. Um, we've seen it uh, time and time again with the players having power inside the football clubs to get rid of managers or whatever that they don't want. And we're seeing the same thing now. In 1992, the Premier League broke away from, from the traditional Division 1, 2, 3 and 4. 
And yes, it was different because it was still relegation and promotion and all the things that we've talked about, which I do agree with. But even so, they still did break away. They still had that elite mentality. This is just taking the eliteness, the elite mentality to another level. And it's creating something. And it's basically saying, if you don't give us what we want and what we deserve, we put all this money back into the game because we are Manchester United or we are Liverpool or we are Barcelona and we want more. We want more of the pie. And if you don't give us more of the pie, we're going to break away. That's the way I see it in my simpli- my simplistic brain. So, so you know, I'm not saying I'm right. It's just the way I, I look at it. So I think there will be, I think it will happen, actually. And I think, I think it was John that said it earlier. It's been 10 years in the making. I do think it happened. But I think it will be vastly different to what it kind of looks like now. Mm. I think today is about puffing out their chest and saying, look, we have got the power to do this and we are serious about doing this. So what what can we do? And I think it will once the dust, dust settles a bit. I think what we might find is that this is the sort of thing that replaces European football as we know it. So Champions League and Europa League and whatever. I think it, I think it's interesting that on the eve of them coming out with a new format of the Champions League, they announced it. Do you not do you not find that strange? So there was about to a cha- a change the format, wasn't there? A Champions League. Yeah. So I I, I think that. The problem, of course, that we have, and I, I, again, I'm, this is just my opinions. I don't know the answers. Like, like most of everybody, we don't know too much about it, right? But I think where we'll probably end up getting to is that we're being our domestic leagues. The international football won't be affected um, and it will change the way the European football um, uh, cups, if you like, are run. I think if you, if you look at the Champions League, when they changed the format of the Champions League, was there conversations like this happening? You can't make it a league format. It's a cup. Why is fourth place going into the Champions League? They're not champions. This is a mockery, wasn't it? Oh, come on, let's be honest about yeah, it, guys. Yeah, and listen, yeah. this is exactly what was happening. This is about fundamentally changing the way our our um, our football is consumed. And if and if we if we don't like it as fans, then get get off the bus and go and go and watch another team. And and, and I'm not saying that we should do that. But that's what they're saying. Yeah, like, I think, that's ultimately what they're saying. Aren't I, they? I think, though, Lee, it feels completely different. This is like a, a private club that no one else comes into. You know, they, they let a few other teams in every year. Um, but it just seems like the, the 12 founding clubs are always there, regardless mm. of how good or bad you are. You're always going to be there because you're paid to be there. It, it is a completely different ballgame, this. Yeah, yeah, he's. Kind no, of I agree. Like I say, I do agree. I agree. I, I think I'm not. I'm not saying I'm for it at all. What I'm saying is that we we have fought as if you know we talk about. I don't want to be mediocre in gameless games, but we've been mediocre in the Premier League since 1992, right? It, we're average position is fifth. You know, we hate it when we're not in the top four. We absolutely hate it. We've only been in the top four four times. You know, in in in, in the entire history of the Premier League, five times. Sorry, entire history of the Premier League. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like we've only yeah. qualified for the Champions League like four or five times, you know, in, in our entire history. So, you know, we say about, you know, but it is what we said before. It's the hope that kill, keeps you. The hope of going, maybe it's this year. Maybe this year we we get into the top four. Maybe this year we get top two. What's the point in that European Super League if it doesn't matter? Doesn't lead to point? anything, does it? Like, no. If it don't matter, what is no. the point? It's like, well, can, the can point? I just ask? Um, I was actually quite surprised that Tottenham were in the mix for this. Uh, do you guys actually believe that we deserve this place? 
<laughs> it's all based on money though isn't it yes, we're the eighth richest yeah, club in the world yeah, and that, that's what ultimately yeah. influences it i don't think it's anything to do with our but well, it's definitely not nothing to do with merit and, that, and that's the i think that's the awesome. big thing about this obviously the no relegation is is the big thing it's, it's not competition won european cup have they exactly so won the european cup man city have never won the european cup you know so at three out of uh, six english teams and we, mm. we've never won a champions league or european cup yeah, this is a thing. And this is what I say. I mean, I despise it. I absolutely despise it. I would do everything in my power to make sure it doesn't happen, whatever that is. And I, 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 just, I can't be having none of it whatsoever. But taking my Spurs hat off, when you look at us as a club and where we are, getting getting on that on that boat, you have to say what from a just purely from a selfish business perspective, it's incredible that we've got in in amongst it. To be honest, because there is a there's other clubs that that really could have been there over and uh, over and above us. From a, from a, just purely from a business angle, not my faults, but it's yeah. absolutely incredible. We have we have been brought along in it, but personally, but I'm having none of it. History of Premier League, we finished fifth on average. Over in the Premier League, we are a fifth place team. So if you look at what we're taking the top six of the Premier League, we're in it, aren't we? Because we finished fifth since 1992 on average. So, yeah. so we're in it. it depends on the criteria. But Jamie's right, and you just said it yourself, crackers. It's money. It's, you know that is that is the that is the criteria, isn't it? Yeah. I think as well, you know, I've I've seen people comparing it to to when the Premier League formed. The difference was the Premier League formed. It wasn't a close shot to anyone. The league, the, the first Premier League was decided by the league that finished the season before. It wasn't an invited league. They didn't say to QPR, or I can't remember who was in it. But they didn't say to QPR, sorry, you don't deserve your place, but we're going to promote, we're going to promote, I don't know, Sheffield United into it yeah. because they, they were here. You know, they had big, that integrity and structure, didn't it? That, that you recognised. Yeah, you weren't good enough uh, the season in it. You got kicked out of it. And if you were good enough to come into it, you came into it. But that's how it ended up, right? That's never changed. Yeah, but that's how it ended up. What was the first round negotiations like? This is a negotiation, guys and listeners. This is a negotiation to get a new European Super League off the ground. And they're going balls in to go, this is what we want. They're going, no way, you ain't getting any of that. And in the end, they're coming to, to an agreement. Mm. Now, I remember the, the 1992 when, when the Premier League was formed and the whole sky money coming in and how major it was going to transform. I mean, some of them football pitches that they were playing on in 1989, 1990 were actual ankle breakers. They were absolutely, I mean, you see it now. I mean, honestly, some of the younger listeners, please, um, you know, of the podcast, go go back and look at uh, playing a game in 1987. I mean, literally, you'll break your feet. And, and, and now they they play on carpets because of the amount of money. And do you see what a comparison I'm saying? I remember when it first came in, it was relegation four. Does any, is there listeners out there that don't realise that your top division used to relegate four teams? There might be listeners that don't remember that. Does that right? mean it's going to become crocodile skin with the new, like you go that one level more, maybe spun well, gold? Yeah, I mean, I think that, look, the point I'm making is, is that, I know I'm making a bit uh, jovial, but the point I'm making is actually quite a serious one in the sense that it was it used to be 20 clubs, uh, 22 clubs, and now it's down to 20 clubs. And they used to relegate four teams, now they're only relegating three. So there was major changes at the time for the Premier League to come in. And this is a starting point. You know, you never go into uh, anything look, with, you know, with your final offer. Right. This, this is an, a negotiation for the balls of the, um, the European Super League to say, balls out, this is what we want. 
right, now we've got a letter of intent. Let's see what happens now. And I tell you, they'll probably be really happy with relegation and people coming in and all that sort of stuff, as long as they've taken over European football. That's basically what they want to do, don't they? Oh, man. Man alive. I'm not sticking it's up crazy. for it. I'm trying to give balance. Yeah, yeah, I can't balance stand it either. I, do, I don't yeah. want it to happen. Yeah. I don't want it to happen. But, but if it happens, and it happens big, and it's the next best thing, and all of them things... I'll be honest with you, from a Spurs perspective, at least we're at the table. I think the question we should be asking ourselves is the situation that we're currently in today, the question should we be asking ourselves, what happens now if we pulled out? We're there and we're a founding club. What happens if the statement comes out and says, you know what, a little bit like the furlough scheme, right? Liverpool made the mistake they pulled out. Tottenham made the mistake they pulled out. Do you remember all that back in COVID? What happens now if we come out of a statement and go, do you know what, actually, you made a mistake here, we're out. How, how would we all feel about it then? And then all of a sudden, West Ham get promoted into it. Another hour and a half show, Lee, well, the, I reckon. The, the, interest, the interesting thing is, is, is of course, the, the trust are now saying if Spurs don't pull out of it, they're now going to be calling for the board to resign or, or, or change the board. So it's going to be interesting times ahead. And very much so. Listen, ladies and gents, uh, thank you so, so much. I think we've covered everything off. We'll be back tomorrow night with either Julian Nagelsmann in charge and in the ESL or in League 5 with John Sitton in charge telling us all to bring out in dinners. <laughs> so I don't know which one it's going to be. Your guess is as good as mine. Don't, don't but... we have the Zagreb prisoner? <laughs> the prisoner of Zagreb. What well, a book that was. <laughs> and Costa, thank you so so much for this evening. I tried to get round to everybody and no, give us great, mate. A little a great job, Craig. It's so uh, nice that Ricky joined us, isn't it? Really, really nice of him. <laughs> Poor old Rick. We love you, boys, Rick. Mate. We love yeah, you, mate. Nice one, <laughs> Jamie. Nice to you and the boys. Uh, good stuff. Thank you, sir. Jamie, uh, as ever, thank you so much for all your input and wise mm. words this evening. Yeah, really looking forward to the cup final now. Um, obviously, a new manager in charge. I think it's with Ryan Mason. Obviously, everyone completely disagrees with me. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And I, I'm really hoping for Julian Nagelsmann. But I, of course, a lot of competition for him. So we'll have to wait and see. Excellent stuff. Chris, at some stage, we might actually talk about kicking a football on this show. It's just been non-stop politics and everything other than what goes on on a pitch lately. It's been crazy, hasn't it? Well, it's been great. I, I, I love talking to you all. Everyone's passion is flowing. And, you know, of course, we all want the same thing. We all want trophies. We all want the glory. So let's hope that we're lifting that cup on Sunday. Excellent stuff. Lee, uh, thank you so much to yourself as well. And, uh, yeah, a little, bit of, a little bit of a bounce and something to look forward to, something to cling hold of for, for Sunday now, isn't there? Let's get Harry in. Let's go and have a go. Let's go and get three points against Southampton. Don't forget that. We've got a game in like less than 20 or 48 hours. Let's go win the cup and then let's go and get a, a, a Brendan Rodgers or a Eulen uh, Nagelsmann in for, for next season. And let's get ourselves out of this ESL stuff and get back to watching live when we can get back into stadiums and enjoying football again. Please just make that happen. Come on, you Spurs. Excellent. Mr. McGovern, thank you uh, as ever. And uh, on this momentous day, uh, ding dong, the witch is dead and all that. I just want to say, front foot, to dare is to do, trophies are coming.
<laughs> yes, love it. And finally, uh, Mr. John Wenham, thank you, sir, as, as ever. And uh, may your week be as colourful as your shirt, sir. Yeah, it's been brilliant. I've had a really good afternoon and uh, finding out the news was great. And it's been great talking to you boys and lots of excitement around who might come in. And let's wait and see, you know. I do want Brendan Rodgers, but look, I'm all for Ryan Mason proving me wrong and going on a run and lifting that trophy. So come on, you Spurs. Excellent stuff. All right, ladies and gents, thank you once again for all your questions you sent in. I've, uh, I tried to throw a few names out there and the points that you made and, and captured everything. So uh, listen, barring uh, nothing happening tomorrow, don't don't write it off just yet. We'll be back on Wednesday night after the Southampton game. Yes, remember that football, Tottenham Hotspur. We do play it for a living. Uh, we'll be back talking talking about that. And uh, maybe my 4-0 prediction now that I made in last night's show is not so crazy. So, uh, listen, keep safe. I've got some breaking well. news here quickly. Go on. Make up. Go on. I've, got, I've got some breaking news. No one has spoken at all about Harry Kane's ankle. No. Uh, not, not one not one thing so just a bit of breaking news that no when he talked about it no one's even talking about it so i'm, su I'm assuming he's fit and, and that is as mad as it gets that, at the moment exactly. that we're not even talking about it. jose Mourinho going today wasn't didn't even wasn't even really a story in the media was it it is just absolutely crazy i wonder i wonder if that might be the reason he went today he was able to bury it not being cynical or anything mm. all right listen as i said ladies and gents keep safe keep well thank you for listening and uh whatever guys they take spurs it's a come on you spurs see you soon sports social podcast network